This morning, me and my daughter lay on our backs on the rug in the end room and stared up through the skylight. She's 16 months old, so she gets up like half five and it was still dark and she was lying there staring up and I said, Suki, because I know her, I said, Suki, what can you see? And she made this little flicking motion with her fingers, which is the sign for stars. And she said, stars. And I said, and what else can you see? And she traced a crescent with her fingers and said, moon. And we both looked up. It was her idea to lie down and look up at the sky in the first place, by the way. And, I, and there were the stars and there was the moon. And I started trying to explain to her what we were actually looking at, what what they actually were. And as I did, they started to seem more and more improbable. And it was as if the more I spoke, the brighter they glowed. All of a sudden, I could feel the planet beneath our backs, rock and heat and darkness. And I felt the vast emptiness above us. And I felt this vertigo as my mind tried to imagine the distances I was looking at. And somewhere in that vacuum, all these great fires burning and burning that have been burning longer than sentient life, longer than any love, than the existence and concept of love, burning just because they are, because existence happens to be. And me and Suki were pinned to a rock sheathed in this narrow layer of breathable air and we as humans may be the only creatures in the universe who can look out on those stars and know that things exist that existence is uh, as i re record this it's the day um that we're sort of w woken up to discover that uh, ursula le guin has passed away at the age of 88 if you've never read any ursula le guin you're in for a wonderful treat. She's my favourite writer. And it's it's funny because this, uh, when this year begins, uh, when this year began, I um, one of my New Year's resolutions was that I was going to write to Ursula Le Guin, uh, just send a fan mail saying how much, finally getting around to sending her a fan mail saying how much I love her work. Not because I thought I'd hear back, but just because I think... It's important to tell people stuff and uh, I've delayed sending letters before and regretted it and uh, it's happened again. Uh, she might never have read what I'd sent but it, it just reminded me of the whole thing about writing and she wrote some of the most incredible and yet very, very simple writing that I've ever read and I, I don't want to I think it can be a bit dehumanizing to put somebody up on a pedestal I think she just worked hard and uh, took her craft seriously and put in the hours and did her best and always felt like she had a responsibility to the reader I, I've got her um, book of essays uh, the language of the night mainly essays about science fiction and fantasy and um they're some of the most lucid, incredible, inspiring, acerbic, witty uh, essays I've ever read. And um, they just they just reminded me, they made me feel like the attempting fantasy and caring about fantasy and science fiction uh, is legitimate. And that this whole genre of myth and imagination is important and necessary and in some ways fundamental to being a human, being alive. You know, telling stories is, and 
conceptualizing things in terms of amazing stories is just is just in it's inextricably bound into our being you know last night i i met a a guy i was walking through a cathedral and in through an archway there was a guy playing the piano and i stuck my head around the uh through the archway and listened to the song he was playing and i said oh that sounds very nice and then we talked both about the blind piano tuner who came in to uh, tune the piano who was an, an amazing pianist and then i woke up because that was a dream right that had never that never happened and it was an assemblage of different things that happened in my life but <laughs> for no reason at all or for reasons we don't fully understand yet um, my mind decided to tell that story and create characters and put me in that situation and um it may be you know when people can't dream uh, they 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 slowly uh, lose their minds it's a terrible thing <laughs> if you're incapable of dreaming it making up narrative is is part of what allows us as human beings to exist and to make sense of the world and to move through it and every part of our lives has some connection to stories and I just uh, the I didn't mean to I wasn't planning to talk about her but um I I it really shocked me that I started crying when I um heard she died because I just her work meant so much to me and it might be silly but you know writing is what I've chosen to give my life to do and um if you're listening to this now and you've spent eight weeks working through this course then to an extent it's something that you've chosen to do or take seriously or at least give attention to which is a form of love right and the stories of Ursula Le Guin have just given me so much pleasure in my life and I guess this is brings me around to this is the zeroth rule of writing as far as I'm concerned for what it's worth and that's feed your sense of wonder you can learn all these techniques and exercises and little tricks and compositional principles and they're important you know they're important just as important for craft as you know a carpenter knowing how to work a lathe uh, i'm not saying that they're not important or they're somehow or that caring about craft and precision and how to use your basic tools is, is somehow beneath the artist i don't think that at all i think it's an inherently noble and worthwhile pursuit caring about craft but I think it it's kind of all for naught if in your if in your enthusiasm and your impatience to master the craft and to take on that discipline of craft if you lose your sense of wonder then I just don't think anything truly magical can come out of it i i, I considered dialing that whole intro back a bit actually with talking about me and suki lying on my back uh on our backs staring up at the sky because uh, or, or puncturing it with a joke or a fart joke or something like that I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting that all your writing needs to be shot through with a a glib whoa we're all stardust man sentimentality and i realize that talk 
I, I realise that a parent talking about how amazing their child is and how much wonder they see in their eyes can sometimes be less of a compelling experience for their audience. But still, it's a thing that honestly <laughs> happened to me and I'm very lazy in some ways. I don't have very much imagination, so I just drew from my old, own life. And I, I just think if you want your writing to mean something, to you at least, you've got to be awake. And that means breaking up your routine. For all this talk of, you know, getting a writing routine and being disciplined and doing X number of words or hours a day, I think it's essential, actually, occasionally to lie on your back and watch the sky once in a while. It, it, it does a lot to quieten down those critical voices in your head that stop you writing at all and to open up your sense and perception and awareness of the miraculous. Something that's halfway fearful and halfway wow. And Suki applies that sense of wonder to so many things. Not just, you know, the the cosmos uh, slowly moving above us. Um, she's so fascinated by taking objects out of a bag and putting them back in. Just sometimes uh, wooden blocks. We got a sick bag um, of a Finnish Airways flight and she uh, puts her, likes putting a rabbit into it and taking the rabbit out. Um, uh, I believe the term in Finnish for the game, we called the game Put the Little Rabbit in the Bag and I, I think in Finnish it, it, it's something like Panipine Pupu Pusin um, and, it, and, and she just loves it and she's so fascinated. Her focus on that task and her wonder of that something can contain another thing and it disappears and the precision with which she does it she brings to that apparently mundane uh task that the rest of us just don't notice and just are jaded about she is so fascinated and awed by it and when she sees colored lights in the i was out with her um in town today and there was a window display with some lights in and she stopped and she pointed and she said wow people stopped and smiled and looked and then they were kind of like wow that is pretty and and, and it's easy to be cynical about these things and I, I i don't i'm not just saying you should fill your books with uh sort of cheesy uh glurgy chicken soup style aphorisms and uh things about well take a moment to smell the roses but 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 i i, I just the thing is like it's about that and actually that attention to mundane things is i think in some ways more important than uh, being able to say, isn't, aren't the stars and the expansive universe above us Am amazing? I, I don't think readers, readers probably don't need you to cultivate a sense of wonder in the stars, right? But but they just need reminding sometimes to, to look up. And, and then there's that, but then it's like anyone really can cultivate, a, can feel awed by the night sky, but as a writer, you have this opportunity to make people feel amazed and awed and enraptured and absolutely fascinated by things we wouldn't normally think of as being miraculous or interesting. You know, a sense of wonder in a divorce, in cutting a pomegranate in half, in a shape-changing leopard that never existed. It's, it's just about an intensity of focus and a quality of attention. Truly good writing can gift us that. So whatever you do from this point on after today's session, 
And I suggest you continue with a daily practice, be it 10 minutes, 20 minutes, perhaps one or two longer sessions with coffee and a good fr- and good friends a week. You know, uh, don't forget to have these moments of respite, of stepping out of the routine and actually seeing the world for what it is when all the layers and uh, perceptions and just thought ideas and semiotic symbols that we stick all over everything to say this means this, this means this, all the routinized, automated ways of seeing the world. If you can just break that even for a moment, your writing will be lifted and it will be so invested with purpose as a result. I'm giving you permission to be weird, to be deeply weird. I think to be a good writer, you sort of have to be, right? Um, and, and and not as a, in a performative way, in a way that is often very private and that other people don't notice or realise. It's nice to lie down with your head on the rug so you can see things from the perspective of a cat. Um, maybe try looking inside a chimney uh, while you're lying on your back and, and use a torch to see what's up the chimney. Uh, uh, strip and jump into a river in January. I'm not even joking. Uh, Obviously, um, I mean, please don't do anything to compromise your safety. Always put your personal safety first, but phone up a lost property department and ask what the strangest things they've ever had handed in were. Then use their answer for a writing prompt. I've genuinely done that, and you'll be amazed that anyone working in any job is often very, very happy to talk about their job. You can have a, a really interesting and free and liberated life when you allow your writing to give you permission to do things that most people don't do Uh, just always you know be kind to people you encounter don't like do a bunch of axe murders to research your barbarian protagonist but and and if it sounds like all of those things sound like somebody in the midst of a a breakdown i think it's no accident the um crossover between sort of poor um, at least periods of poor mental health and people who end up being writers because they do kind of uh, knock you out of your routine when I suffered you know very you know a really heavy period of severe depression and anxiety there were you know you uh, you start sleeping in weird places you uh, you end up awake at odd times walking around the town at night doing strange things and encountering parts of the world that are that the habits of our life and the pleasant and reassuring and uh, often sustaining aspects of our routinized life i'm you know i, I think having a routine can be a, a, a real nurturing and uh, reassuring and great thing i'm not knocking it and saying hey man you know you need to you know you i'm not saying that it's somehow kind of empty and corporate to have a nine to five job and to go to bed on time that's not my point my point is that that sense of wonder that ability to be amazed to have your attention grab grabbed i think when you sort of drop out of society on some level whether because of um not being accepted or because like mental health kind of like forces you to absent yourself or because of the prejudice of others i i i think that it gives you a a a strange perspective that makes the whole shit show seem deeply weird and deeply fascinating and you get uh, an insight that you wouldn't normally have hence the uh you know massive trend for 
uh, outsider narrated literary fiction where somebody kind of gives throws a new light on, on our lives um and that's the you know that's the bottom line of all this i think is is if you're ever feeling burnt out or fed up or tired or like you look at your wall calendar and you haven't been keeping up with your good habits and you're like oh no i'm backsliding i haven't written in a few days i knew and then you'll go i knew i couldn't keep up keep keeping it i failed i failed i've fucked up and you're going to say that to yourself you'll hit that point that is guaranteed that is baked into the whole uh that the whole ride right but um i just think the the reset is keying back into your sense of wonder remembering it coming home to it maybe you take a cold shower maybe you email someone you haven't seen in the in, in at least 10 years and just go hey it's me it's tim how, how are you uh, maybe you watch a video about creatures that live in abyssal trenches and you look at how they look and, uh, and and you find out a bit about these things that live in our world that are deeply alien, right? Maybe you look up your local spiritualist church online and then you go and sit in on a service or you build a blanket fort in your front room and pick a genre of music you've never really listened before and then you google a music blog and like google the top 10 tracks of that genre and then you listen to them with headphones in and your eyes closed whatever i know that might seem unforgivably twee to you but um i i just think if you i your your version of that may be very very different but you need to find your version of whatever activity you can do that just sometimes it's just like standing in a corner of a room you've not there's a point under my shelves that I'm looking at now that when I finish recording this I'm going to go and stand under because I've never seen the room for that from that direction I always see this office from um from my seat because this is where I always sit and I realize now that there's a whole other room that I've never looked at because I'm I'm never in that position. So <laughs> it might sound dumb, but these are the things that wake you up. These are the things that will help you see and they'll help you write. Um, and you know, if it sounds whimsical and twee, I'm not asking you to discard the scepticism you've accrued like lime scale over years and years of companies trying to use wonder to flog you laptops sofas and mobile phone tariff packages i realize that we've all been left deeply jaded by consumerism and the way that these things are appropriated and sold back to us as uh epiphanal experiences um and then and then it turns out that the whole thing is just trying to get us to buy a you know a new meg a new megapixel camera guys i'm so so like such an old man there i'll say yeah we had x number of, i didn't know how many was a reasonable number of megapixels that's why i kind of fell apart there slightly but look if you can bring yourself to do something and feel that whoosh in your belly as you watch a lock gate opening beneath you and the water rushing out nothing bad will happen to you if you let yourself have these experiences uh taking these experiences back and giving yourself permission to feel wonder isn't giving into advertising it's reclaiming your emotional sovereignty it's a rejection of the need for conspicuous consumption because you can fucking make yourself feel these things yourself without having to buy the phone take the holiday drink the brand of speciality coffee life is here it's it's around you as you listen to me speaking now and if you can be awake to it 
and love it and embrace it and pour those feelings back into your writing and risk overwriting, risk feeling too much, risk being cliched, risk being an awful sentimental twat because we can you can show that to your uh, your beta readers and edit that out and and prune that back that's fine but you will never ever write anything that connects with people unless you take risks and and look look if you do do all of this and you commit wholeheartedly then yes you will still write shitty sentences you'll still phrase things badly you'll still find you've used the word refulgent six times in a chapter and have to delete six of them because it's a bad word to use, right? You'll still have to do the work and you'll still have to edit it and share it with peers you trust, but you'll get a little better each time you try. You'll get a little better each time you sit down for a writing session and you'll grow a little stronger and your heart will grow a little bigger. I promise you. And you'll get there. With wonder, I promise you, you will get there. <sighs> so, I'd like to take whatever feeling you're having now, wherever you are at in your life now, and channel it into this, the final exercise of the course. And I'd like to dedicate this final exercise to Ursula Le Guin, um, whose work I just think is wonderful. And if you haven't read A Wizard of Earthsea or... The Left Hand of Darkness or The Dispossessed or any of her short stories or any of her non-fiction writing or indeed uh, she put out a book called Steering the Craft which is a collection of her workshop exercises so you can do a she's put out a whole course that you can um, put yourself through and it's fantastic and if you end this course uh, feeling like you'd like a little bit more you'd like to do some more exercises uh, steering the craft by ursula Le Guin is a you is, is one of the best books out there I, in fact i can't think of a better uh, creative writing book with exercises in that i've ever read because she gave a shit and she knew what she was talking about and i hate that i'm having to talk about her in the past tense because uh, we will we don't have anyone left who can write like her and that's why we need you. And that's why we don't have very long on this earth. And that's why we need you. The world needs you to write. Because writing sustains people. It opens our minds. It makes us more compassionate. It gives us a break when the rest of our lives are falling down around us. We need you. And... You've chosen to turn up and write today. So fucking do it and give it your best shot. And I don't care if you're not sure about your writing. I don't care if you are writing and going, oh, but I don't think I'm very good. Oh, I'm not sure. Just just shut up and write. Who are you to deny us your writing and the stuff that you're producing because it makes you feel uncomfortable? It, fucking write it please because we need you anyway just take the feeling whatever feeling you're holding on to and for the this is the final exercise of the course right so just i'm challenging you to give yourself fully to the writing give it your full attention 
as an experiment, let's say. And I'm sorry for emoting all, all this. I just, I feel, I feel emotional that it's the end of the course. And then the Ursula Le Guin thing has just made it a little bit more poignant for me. And after I finish recording this, I'm going to write myself because that's what we're here to do. So as before, you'll have 20 minutes with an amusing audio marker at the halfway point, just to let you know that you've got 10 minutes left. Good luck, my friend. Ready? Go.
And that's it. So I don't intend to do a full summing up here. I'm going to record a separate debrief episode for the boot camp where I give you some final thoughts and some suggestions for continuing onwards with your work. I thought it'd be nice to have sort of like a a, a final thoughts one. And then I'm going to put up, uh, I guess I'm going to put up a couple of, just a couple of timers, like a 10 minute, a 20 minute, a 30 minute writing timer, uh, which is going to be mostly silence, obviously, but with a couple of audio markers in it so if you want to sit down and give yourself a 10 minute or 20 minute or 30 minute session you can just download those uh mp3s and play them wherever you are stick it on your phone when you're out as long as you've got something to write on you can do that i know you can use you know your well anyway it's just something you can use if you want to and uh, i thought it'd be fun to do and i thought it'd be incredibly easy to do and then and then that's gonna be more or less the end of the season actually in fact because then i'm gonna um, send off a couple of emails to people set up a couple of interviews and anyway I'll talk about this in the final episode uh, but I just thought I didn't w- I didn't want to overload this episode now with all of this so um, I suggest that next week you do one timed 20 minute session a day for six days that would be my recommended uh, way of taking this on so the same regime that you've been doing this week uh, and just take one day off as well. Give yourself a day off. It would probably be useful to uh, revisit some of the list exercises from week one again, in addition to that, just so you can start getting a sense of the shape and tone of what you're writing. I think if you don't um, do some research early on and do some shaping exercises, you will start to run out of steam. You, uh, I, I found this myself doing short exercises for flavour that you that it, it, you can do it a little bit and it kind of like start, it gives you a few kind of test swatches but at some stage you need to get your tape measure out and actually start planning okay what is this going to look like or what could this look like at least you know I think that word uh, might is uh, a useful uh, bit of um, prevarication just to uh, allow room for imagination and surprise Uh, like uh, I think like literally you actually could you could do a mind a mind map as we used to say in the 80s where you write the title of your novel in the middle and then you have a series of related words and topics kind of spidering off it on the little branches so it might be themes it might be character names and then all of those you then have tiny people call them spider diagrams as well don't they and then you have sort of smaller words coming off then you just you just free associate across the page with words and words and words to see what a, uh, appears and to just dump it out of your head. I used to think that way of working was 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 nonsense and a bit faddish and the kind of thing that had been passed around uh, various motivational speakers uh, training exercises that they did when they were going into kind of like pep up middle management. But, you know, at best, I thought it was maybe a, a kind of harmless displacement activity that allowed you to sort of shake off a few nerves before you jumped into the actual work which was writing but I my experience of it now and having taught it and seeing the effect it has on other other writers in the group is is it's a really good way of just dumping a load of info out of your brain onto the page then you don't feel like you're walking around trying to hold three phone numbers in your head for six months and you can go back to the plan and make some adjustments if you need to you can also see where you can add to the book by doing research research is just essential to writing well uh, unless you're some kind of polymath who already knows everything it just is no matter the genre you need to do research and unless you're some kind of even if you're a genius in your field i think you need to look this stuff up and check it and and you'll always touch on stuff that you if you're writing anything interesting, you're going to touch on stuff that you don't know about, right? 
and I, I, you need those. And, and the more you research, the more you stumble upon these chewy details that you can toss into your work, and it makes the world feel real. And you know, like researching the honors was bloody hard work. It was a lot. Well, n- not hard work. It was a lot of work. It was a huge amount of work. Uh, years of work. But I enjoyed it because I cared about it and because I was constantly going through these things looking for info and everything. It felt like I was kind of collecting going, oh shit, that'll make a really good scene. And, you know, whatever whatever you think of, of the novel in the end, I think the research is really good, right? I think the research is, is really spot on and um, I think I've got all the stuff right. And, that's, and, uh, and there's some cool little details and nods to things that were happening at the time that I've put in there and some cultural references that feel realistic to me and kind of I just think I just think I did a good job and that's because I turned up and I did the research and um, that's what you need to do as well even if you're writing something set now even if you're writing memoir you need to do research uh don't shy away from it seriously if there's like one piece of advice I can give you to like bridge that final gap to publication it's do, do your fucking research because that's what people don't bother with and if you don't research your writing will be cliched and atrophied and it just won't snap because that's because if because that's the sense of wonder right that's the sense of wonder there's a precision to it there's a, a quality of attention and if you can bring a sense of wonder to your research you will it will be effortless and you will your book will be just impregnated it'll be shot through with this incredible sense of awe anyway sorry i guess you don't need me anymore i'm hanging about because i don't want to go uh thank you so much do let me know how you get on won't you my website's timclairpoet.co.uk and uh, depending on when you're listening to this unless i've done uh, a radical redesign currently my website looks like shit um and doesn't really work on mobiles but um if you go on my website uh that's timclairpoet.co.uk there's a little link currently on the right that says contact me if you click on that it opens up a little form and you can email me i'd love to hear from you and if you have any questions send them over and i'll try to answer them in a future podcast uh subscribe to death of a thousand cuts on itunes and soundcloud if you want to make sure you know when a new episode comes out i'm gonna curl up in a pile of bedding like a cat on an autumn morning now right well fucking done you absolute hero uh take care and good luck with your writing